The Denver Broncos defense forces a power outage against the Los Angeles Chargers offense as the Broncos improve to 6-5 on the season with a big-time AFC West win. We go over game balls. We recap how the offense utilized the rushing game to really fit their needs and come away with the victory late, not to mention how the defense stepped up against a very talented Chargers offense. Sir Bidger, myself, we recap the game and we break it down on today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos. Your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Happy Victory Monday as the Broncos come away with a victory over the Los Angeles Chargers at home. A big-time win for them. I'm Cody Rourke, host of Lockdown Broncos, joined alongside by Sarah Bettinger from the South Stands to the End Zone. We have you covered every single day covering the Denver Broncos. Ladies and gentlemen, what a big-time victory for this football team. Sarah, great as always to break it down for you. It's always a good feeling in Broncos country where we have a victory Monday. Always a good feeling, Cody. I love it. I love it. This was a great game. I heard Adam Archuleta on the broadcast talk about that. This game, to him, was more impressive than what he saw from the Broncos against the Dallas Cowboys. And really, I agree. I mean, we had that one really lucky play against Dallas that kind of turned the tide in that game, that blocked punt that Broncos recovered against the Los Angeles Chargers. It was just – it was – it was slower in terms of you know getting ahead and getting that kind of dominant lead. But, man, it just felt like this was a more complete performance from the Broncos. Some really gutty performances from guys like Teddy Bridgewater playing through the injury, the offensive line playing battered and bruised. It was a fun game to watch, Cody, on, on all phases of the game. And for the first time in how long can we say that about the special teams? I mean, they, they played well today. So yes, it was did. a good day all around. It is in Broncos country. This is, you know, one thing I was talking with Sarah before the game. You know, football has got to be a week to week thing. You know, when the when the team loses, obviously there's frustration. When the team wins, be excited. Seriously, just be excited. There's a lot on the line, and I get that there's not a lot of Broncos fans that have a lot of hope. But you know what? We're gonna roll here with the punches. It's a victory. So let's focus on the Broncos defense. We'll talk about the offense here in a little bit, and then we'll talk about obviously game balls a little bit later on the show. But Sarah, really, the Broncos defense and a 28 to 13 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers, who they could put up points at any given time. They're very explosive. They have so much talent. The defense came in and they did their job and they hold the Chargers in this game to a total of 72 yards rushing. Now, ideally, and Vic Fangio mentioned in the presser, Justin Herbert had 36 yards rushing and none of those were designed quarterback runs. Those are all off of passes. So ideally, you go back and they hold the Chargers to 31 total yards rushing, holding Eckler, who's been absolutely phenomenal this season. He plays himself in fantasy football. I, I was very impressed. And a lot of that, sir, a lot of the Broncos run defense in this game in particular, it comes down to Baron Browning being healthy and Kenny Young. Those guys continue to impress, not to mention McTelvin, a game stepping up as Shelby Harris missed this game with an injury. And then obviously Deshaun Williams, the guys on the outside, Weatherly, Jonathan Cooper, Bradley Chubb coming back, Malik Reed, contributions, Mike Purcell all around here. Everybody getting involved in this one, Cody, and you you nailed it on the head. Kenny Young and Baron Browning being healthy for this Denver Broncos defense, first and foremost, it's just fun to watch. Those guys it fly is. around the field. They make plays. Kenny Young has really been a catalyst and a spark plug for the Denver Broncos defense, right? I mean, he's been awesome since coming over from the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, uh, up to this point, I mean, who's been winning the, the trades with the Los Angeles Rams? I'd say the Broncos <laughs> are doing feeling pretty good about those right now. Uh, it, in all seriousness, though, Cody, I mean, those two guys have been a huge, huge fit 
for this Vic Fangio defense. They've added what we talked about in previous shows. They've added athleticism, speed to that position, and they're playing with instincts. They're playing aggressively. They're playing physical, and they're playing in the right position, which is impressive considering Kenny Young you know, doesn't have a lot of time on task with Vic Fangio calling defensive plays, even though he does kind of know the offense having played for Brandon Staley. So I'm excited about those two guys playing well. They're, the Broncos are undefeated when those two guys are healthy playing. So against the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously, Baron Browning, you know, went down with the injury. But against Washington, against Dallas, now against the Los Angeles Chargers, when Baron Browning and Kenny Young are both fully healthy, the Denver Broncos defense looks a lot different than it did before they were in the lineup. It does, and I'm glad that you mentioned it because those first two positions the Chargers had on offense, Baron Browning was a big catalyst of energy. He and Jonathan Cooper, he deflected that pass up, just an athletic play by him to force it incomplete on third down and obviously forcing a punt. Just fantastic there. Obviously, the Broncos, Sam Martin with a great punt, Nate Harrison fielding it at the one-yard line. That was even more impressive. Fantastic for this Broncos team here. Uh, You know, something else too, the secondary really held up well on the outside. Ronald Darby, I felt like they called a really ticky tacky defensive holding on him, I think, in that third quarter. I wasn't a big fan of that call, uh, but outside of that, he and Patrick Sertan, I loved what I saw from them. There were a couple of close catches Mike Williams had against Ronald Darby. You can't be mad because they weren't evident blown coverages. They were tightly contested, and you're going to have to live with that. But, you know, Kyle Fuller continues to struggle inside the nickel in pass coverage, even though the Broncos ran a lot of zone in this game. I just, that's an area he's still learning the defense, right? So I'm not going to knock him on that, but you have to make plays. You can't give up some big plays there the way he did, but he had a couple of great open field tackles. The Broncos hoping Bryce Callahan can obviously return here very shortly. Obviously a matchup with Kansas City coming up. But can we talk about Patrick Sertan a second? Sarah, I had tweeted this out. If PS2 didn't play cornerback, look, there's Micah Parsons right now. He's playing really well for the Dallas Cowboys. playing linebacker, playing outside edge rusher, and he's playing really well at those two positions. And those, according to the people that watch the games, those two positions are get the more favorable votes when it comes to defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year type stuff. If those positions weren't so... I would say popular in terms of voters and not to mention where Micah Parsons is playing really well there. I think Patrick Sertan would have a really strong case at defensive rookie of the year. Fantastic. An interception that was really game changing because the Chargers were driving. And then Mm -hmm. the tip drill, pick six, Patrick Sertan, 70 yards, first career touchdown. And Sarah, you had an interesting statistic about PS2's return that hasn't been done in the NFL in five years. Yeah, over 22 miles per hour on the GPS, Cody, and that's insane. I mean, there was a lot of people, and I, and I say a lot of people, on Twitter, draft Twitter, talking about questions over Pat Sertan's long speed in the draft process. <laughs> I and, remember. And oh, my. It, you remember, and it's kind of <laughs> hilarious to look back in hindsight. We've seen his game speed always very, very good, always on point. He always plays at a high level, very fast and, and very instinctual. But, man, on that pick six, he hit that gear, and, and man, that was impressive to see. He outran the entire Chargers offense. Justin Herbert has some giddy-up, too. He was he was kind of right there at the end of that return. It almost felt like the Champ Bailey versus the Patriots <laughs> way back when. You know, it was like, hold on to that ball. Keep it in both hands. But um, he's impressive. I mean, you talk about him in, in the lead-up to the game, Cody, as your, key, your player who was key to the game, key to this victory. And, man – he was absolutely that. And I think even if he doesn't get defensive rookie of the year this year, he should at least get a couple votes and he should for absolutely. sure be going to the pro bowl. In my opinion, you know, he's, 
He has been one of the best corners in the NFL today. It's hard to find guys that are really locked down anymore with just the way the game is played. But man, when the ball is thrown into PS2's coverage, even hit some of his worst plays, like the touchdown to Devontae Smith against the Eagles. I mean, he hit the ball into Devontae Smith's chest. So it's not like he wasn't getting a hand on the ball or like he's getting beat on a regular basis. I mean, he's had a couple of questionable plays in terms of tackling, but Pat Sertan in coverage has been top of the line, as as good as it gets, just chef's kiss, any any descriptive that you want to put with it, he has been it. He's been as advertised. He's been as good as any rookie in the NFL, regardless of position, I would say. And he's right up there with Micah Parsons in terms of in-game impact. Sure, he doesn't t- make a tackle on every other play like Parsons does because he's closer to the line of scrimmage. But, man, he is making a substantial impact week in and week out. And, look, I would say the Broncos are 6-5 and five right now because of Pat Sertan. We talked about the momentum-shifting play in the first half, the interception from Drew Locke that we'll get into. The momentum-shifting play in the second half, like you said, Cody, was the Sertan interception. It's a game of inches. It's a death by inches a lot of times for the Denver Broncos. That play went in their favor. Kind of reminded me of the Bryce Callahan interception last season that we talked about on the crossover episode a little bit. I love it, my friend. And yeah, absolutely. Patrick Sertan's been special. George Payton, in my opinion, home run pick here for the Broncos. He has lived up to every cent of the hype so far. And Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, Sarah and I, we're going to talk about how the Broncos overcame injuries at quarterback and the offensive line and still managed to run the ball effectively against the Los Angeles Chargers, not to mention protect the quarterback and what they can do to build on it going forward. We get to that coming up here in just a moment. But let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. It's our good friends over there at DirecTV Streaming. Does this sound familiar to you, ladies and gentlemen? You have one device that lets you watch your favorite sports. You have another device that lets you watch your favorite movies, your on-demand favorites. And you have another device that lets you watch your favorite TV shows. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what if I told you there was one way you could cut all that out today and you can get it all in one place? That is DirecTV Stream. And ladies and gentlemen, it brings your live TV and your on-demand favorites together in one place so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and TV shows all in one place, one device, and it makes it easy for you to enjoy the things that you love with DirecTV Stream. That means no more juggling remotes, no more having to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract, ladies and gentlemen. So get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream today. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. As we open up the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, just want to give a shout out to Broncos Country. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. When you wake up and you're driving to work, turn on the Lockdown Broncos podcast to stay up to date with what's going on around Dove Valley, what's going on with the Broncos, the team that you root for on Sundays, courtesy of Sarah and myself. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to both Sarah and myself. If you could take a moment out of your day and leave us a review, if you love the show, leave us a five-star review. Tell us why you tune in, and we appreciate it. We'll give you a shout out here on the show. But thank Thank you so much, Broncos Country, for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen today. Sarah, my friend, we talked about the defense, a great performance against a very good Los Angeles Chargers offense. And now the Broncos, we had a lot of questions coming into this matchup. How can the Broncos offense get things going against this Chargers defense that was 32nd in the NFL in terms of run defense? You know what they did? They ran the ball, and they ran it really well with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. 147 total yards rushing between those two guys. And what's more impressive, Sarah, is that they did it with all these injuries. Now, let me look it up right here as I pull up the stat sheet here. 
Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. Okay, Melvin had 17 carries. He had 83 yards. Javante had 14 carries, 54 yards, and the occasional crazy play. But not to mention, he had a crazy catch out of the backfield. He had a big-time 42-yard run. He went over 100 total yards all-purpose in this game, and he helped seal it late in this game for the Broncos. But the run game was efficient with these two. The bigger surprise here, sir, they did it with an offensive line. It was out Garrett Bowles, Dalton Reisner, Graham Glasgow, and Bobby Massey. They had Quinn Bailey at left tackle after Calvin Anderson, unfortunately, was carted off with an injury. Our thoughts and prayers are with him. We don't know what the extent is just yet. We'll have an update for you in the next day or so. And then they had Natani Muthi have to step in at left guard. You had Lloyd Cushenberry still there at center. And then you had, obviously, Quinn Miners at right guard. And then you had Cam Fleming at right tackle. I mean, Stair, the offense, when you look at all these things against the defense as the talent that the Chargers do, and they really stepped up to the table here today. Yeah, for a bit there, Cody, it was looking like the fourth quarter of a, a preseason game, wasn't it? With the <laughs> offensive line that was out there and Drew Locke at quarterback. And uh, But in all seriousness, man, it, it was a gutty, gutty performance from that offensive line. And they came in there. Man, Cam Fleming had – I've given him so much guff on this show that I, I'm sure that people will remember. And it's just – it's funny at this point. But when he goes out there and he makes a play like he did, he carried Javante Williams. What did they call him on the broadcast? They called him Javante's Uber for a first yep. down. And it, it was just so impressive, man. I mean, he was giving great effort all game. He had a couple of really big blocks in this game. And, and it's great when an offensive lineman is able to stand out like that. And Natani Muti, man, he does such a great job when he's asked to come in in relief duty. And, and I think that he's proving – with a little bit more, a little bit more time on task, he might be a long-term starter for that unit. And Quinn Bailey, dating back to training camp, Vic Fangio has really talked him up. I mean, he wasn't in the mix for the starting right tackle position, but he he was mentioned at the back end of a couple of times when, when Fangio was asked, "Hey, how's the right tackle position looking?" He would frequently mention. Uh, Quinn Bailey and, and he went out there and played left tackle in this game with Garrett Bowles out due to COVID and then obviously like you mentioned Calvin Anderson having the injury during the game needing to be carted off it was really really impressive like Fangio said we'll have to go back and watch the film and see exactly how he did in terms of like what his individual grade would be but the offense did a great job when he came into the game which is in, indicative that he wasn't a problem and they gave up what one sack in this game which which happened to be a, a Drew Locke play that he he was going forward and maybe at the line of scrimmage. So really effectively giving up zero sacks in this game, even though it wasn't a pass heavy offense from the Broncos, really, really gutty performance from that offensive line and kudos to, to Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper who do, they've done an outstanding job, Cody, developing these guys and investing in these guys and pouring into these players. They've done a really, really good job and it deserves recognition. Oh, absolutely. Spot on too. And, and you mentioned it as well. So for Quinn Bailey, this was his path to the roster this week. Garrett Bowles, obviously on the COVID list, continued to test positive throughout the week. Didn't get the two negative consecutive tests in a row. So he was unable to go. You had Calvin Anderson there, obviously at left tackle, but you needed another tackle in case something were to happen. Unfortunately, it did. So he gets activated from the practice squad to the active roster. He gets activated from the bench to being inserted in the starting lineup. And he did a really good job. And Vic Fangio had a lot of praise after this game here. But the offensive line, as you mentioned, Chris Cooper, Coach Munchak, those guys have done a phenomenal job with these guys, these depth pieces, these developing players. It, no, nobody's a finished product yet here on the offensive line, Sarah. And that's the crazy thing because it speaks to maybe the potential that this unit can have. And obviously, there's still some inconsistencies in terms of the offensive scheme, some of the decisions. Don't get me wrong. We, we can't forget about the third quarter where there was a negative eight yard. They had one drive, minus eight yards the entire third quarter. Obviously, you don't want that to happen. And that, that's where you had Teddy Bridgewater coming back from his injury. So let's get into that. 
Teddy gets hit on a play where his arm's coming forward. They initially call it a fumble. It's scooped up. They go back and they review it, and obviously it's a forward pass, but Teddy took a shot to the shin there, and Vic said that his shin had swollen up really quickly, so he had to go get testing, make sure there was nothing, no, no kind of breaks on the bones or anything like that. There was no underlying issues, and that he came out and then he said, hey, if I can go, I'm going to give it a shot. He did it in the second half. That first drive, we're talking about the minus eight yards. That was obviously one of those things where he was not comfortable just yet, but when he came back in that fourth quarter, I thought he did a pretty good job there for the most part, settled into things. The run game was going. He made a couple of good passes. Eric Sauber, congratulations to him. First touchdown of his career, and Vic had a lot of praise for him there. So there's that there, but let's talk about Drew Locke here for a moment, because Sarah, I know that we have, we've spoken about it. We've been both on the show on record saying, hey, you know, if Teddy continues to struggle with this offense, might as well give Drew Locke a shot. And I think in this game, we saw exactly why maybe the Broncos coaching staff doesn't have a lot of trust in Drew, and, and certainly so. I mean, his second play of the game, he's running forward, he gets hit, he fumbles the ball. Luckily, Tim Patrick recovers it for a first down, but then just a boneheaded play on an RPO. He's got to throw it away, and he throws it directly intended for Kendall Hinton. He throws it to Derman James, interception at least to seven points a couple plays later by the Chargers. This is where you know a lot of people are talking about. Maybe Teddy on one leg is better than Drew Locke here. Where do we stand right here on this? You know, obviously I was disappointed. I, you know, when you have a backup quarterback like Drew, you want him to come in and take advantage of that opportunity. He didn't do so. He, he definitely did not. And I think obviously, you know, like you said, you said the perfect word, Cody. Disappointing uh, with Drew Locke getting an opportunity. This is really the second disappointing relief opportunity that he's had for Teddy Bridgewater this season. Obviously, the first coming against Baltimore when Teddy got the concussion. So you come in and you have an opportunity to do some nice things to get your team a, a maybe. 17 to nothing maybe 21 to nothing lead before the half and then the throw to Kendall Hinton was just ill-advised it reminded me Cody of, of a three-point shooter in, in basketball who's missed his last 10 shots and then he comes out there and shoots one from almost half court it's like all right I mean we kind of at this point we kind of get that Drew Locke he, he's a risk taker and he's a guy who likes to try to make as many plays as possible. And I think that's one of his you know, best traits about him is that he's so confident in himself. But it's also one of the worst things about him in the fact that he's not willing to, to throw the ball out of bounds and take a, you know, take a not a necessarily a loss on a play. It's just a, a neither neither positive or negative. It's just a nothing. He's not willing to do those kinds of things for the sake of the team for whatever reason. I don't know if it's just instincts when he's out there on the field or, or what it is, but that play really hurt the Broncos. It really hurt their opportunity to get some uh, you know significant momentum going into halftime when the Chargers were getting the ball coming out of the half. So the, the defense thankfully played really, really great all four quarters of this game. But yeah, Drew Locke, he really, he really blew it. And it's the second time that he's blown it this season. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, Cody. And this is going to be a drastic difference from where I've been on this I train think you're for going a long where time. I think you're going. And I was just he, thinking the same thing. I was going to bring it up. But let's see if we're on the same way they here. I, I think I think Brett Rippon's going to be the backup in the next game, and, and I think Drew Locke might get might get cut or I don't know what, but it, it just seems like the losing the starting QB competition. We were seeing a lot smarter decisions from him in the preseason, and I get that it was against backup defensive players, but just in general, I mean, he was making better decisions with the ball. He was more accurate on his throws, and and, and this this time. Around, 
around, man. It, it's just he doesn't have it there. I think he needs a change of scenery. I think he needs to kind of regroup. Uh, I think he needs a coach that really believes in him. And I just I, I think he kind of senses from the Broncos that they don't necessarily believe in him long term. It's affecting his plays. He kind of looks like a baseball player who's got the yips. If anybody knows what that means out there, you know, he just doesn't look like he's got that ability to to play at at even a reasonably competent level at this point. So very unfortunate, very disappointing, like you said. Well, and one good thing we will touch about the Broncos offense here, another thing outside of the strong rushing day that they had, and obviously the formulas to run the football and then be able to pass it and take shots downfield. We like that. But 8 of 11 on third down, that is a huge improvement over 1 for 11 against the Eagles a couple weeks ago. So obviously something to build on for the Broncos. And speaking about building on for the Broncos, ladies and gentlemen, the Broncos have a first-place showdown next week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Winner becomes first-place holder in the AFC West. We talk about that. We preview that. We talk about our game balls from this game coming up here in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about one of the sponsors of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Post-game reports, our good friends over there at Bill Barton. Ladies and gentlemen, it's here. The best Monday deal ever. It is Cyber Monday. And Built.com has you covered. And it's a place for you to aim your mouse here today. You could get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide and even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. And a brand new Built Bar flavor has landed just in time for Cyber Monday, Caramel Almond Delight. And it delivers everything that it promises. Caramelized chocolate, check. Almonds, check. Delightful, double check and be sure to get yours before they're gone 150 calories 17 grams of protein and this season maybe you're craving white chocolate for a limited time you can get a special built bar puffs flavor white chocolate cheesecake yes white chocolate cheesecake the yummy protein treat filled with marshmallowy center covered in white chocolate tis the season to save and to give your taste buds the gift of built bar today go to built.com for these incredible tasting new bars and 20 percent off everything here on cyber monday head to built.com enter code locked 20 before it's too late and a Special shout out to our friends over there, BetOnline.ag. And Thanksgiving weekend has come and gone. We are now on to another week in the National Football League, week 13. You've got football, you've got basketball, you have hockey, UFC and MMA action. And BetOnline remains the number one spot for all things pro sports here today. And you can head to the website. It's brand new, updated with a brand new user interface that makes it easier for users to find new contests, odds, props, and more contest information. You can sign up today using promo code LOCKDOWN. And they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus today when you sign up. Promo code lockdown once again at betonline.ag. It's not just football. Betonline has pro and college hoops and everything else, even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing action for the 2021 season. Betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Betonline, where the game starts. All right, Sarah, as we jump to the fourth quarter action, today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, just a mile high salute here to Broncos country, a victory Monday for all of us here. And now we get to get into some important news, right? Game balls. And then we're going to talk about a little bit of a preview because Sunday night football primetime action is coming up for this team. So Sarah, first off, before we preview Kansas city, a little bit of an early preview, Who's your game ball going to here today on the Broncos side of things? Cody, my game ball's got to go to Javante Williams. He was my key player coming into this game for the Broncos offense. And because of the reasons that we talked about leading up to this game, the Chargers had the worst run defense in the NFL. I wouldn't necessarily say that Javante Williams exploited that, but at the same time, he kind of did. You know, he had some really tough runs and, and the Broncos used him in short yardage quite a bit. 
a third and nine from the you know goal to go situation to run that in for a touchdown i don't care how bad the defense is or how good the blocking is that's always impressive to run it in on third down uh and goal so i loved seeing that i love the grittiness on his his run after the catch the big third down on the drive after the pat sertan interception man the he he had that screenplay it was a perfectly called screenplay for the broncos offense and javante did a great job getting out in space uh, quinn miners makes one more block on that play i think javante goes for a score and then the other swing pass that he caught that he took up field when it looked like he could have just been easily tapped out of bounds at the sideline he took it up field for another 40 plus yards the guy just continually makes one big play after another i don't know that he's necessarily going to get an angry run this week cam fleming will will get a scepter with him <laughs> and, and they'll share an award this week but man Javante Williams gets my game ball today. He was outstanding as both a runner and a receiver, and he was just so effective for the Broncos in this game, keeping drives alive, getting that red zone percentage up, getting the third down percentage up. Javante Williams was a huge catalyst for that today in this game. Absolutely. I like that pick. And, and obviously my game ball is going to be going to Patrick Sertan the second. The players that we said in our, our matchups to watch, our kind of players to watch, they they performed really well in this game. And obviously an interception okay. for him. That interception, the first one, was very reminiscent of that Champ Bailey. Now the return wasn't right, uh, but I'm talking about the Champ Bailey interception against the Patriots. The way that he telegraphed that and kind of jumped that was so critical here for the Broncos. Momentum changing, as you mentioned, and then the pick six. Anytime you can get your hands on the ball and score, man, spectacular but he was fun in coverage i can't wait to go back and watch the all 22 and watch him specifically against mike williams keenan allen i mean he even had a pass breakup on a two-point conversion attempt by the la chargers against keenan allen so i loved what i saw from the rookie he gets my game ball but sir let's set the table a little bit a little too early here my friend obviously here on cyber monday there's some great deals obviously we check out our friends over there at built.com 20 percent off once again promo code lock 20 is going to get you that today only 20 percent uh, but outside of that we have a game on sunday night football we get a cover sir and, and that's going to be against the Kansas City Chiefs, who had a bye week this week. So it's kind of setting the table. The winner of this game, they get sole possession of AFC West you know, stakes and, and rights right here. And for the Broncos, considering how things looked a few weeks ago, Sarah, before the Cowboys game, I think we're all looking at it. I think that the Broncos have taken pride. The, the locker room was going crazy after this victory, and rightfully so. They deserve it. This is a big game, and the Broncos have lost 11 straight against Kansas City. Could this be the first game they go and maybe change that a little bit, have a little bit more of a chance than they have? I, I think so, Cody. I mean, all good things come to an end, you know, at some point. And for the Kansas City Chiefs, that could mean a streak against the Denver Broncos. They were really, really close last year in Kansas City. Remember the K.J. Hamler play where the ball was just out of his reach oh. and, and the Broncos had an opportunity there to take a lead on a late drive and they just couldn't do it. The Broncos haven't been able to get out of their own way against Kansas City. Last year in Denver, man, the defense played Pat Mahomes as well as anybody has. And the Chiefs won in dominating fashion because of a pick six and I think a kickoff return touchdown. Yep. They just they they dominated in other facets of the game. This year, the Denver Broncos are a little bit different. Even if Teddy Bridgewater plays like he did against the Chargers in this game, I know he was injured, but man, he, he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't make any mistakes. He wasn't sacked in this game. We know he was hit and obviously took that bad hit to the shin. But man, if he plays like that and the Broncos can stay out of their own way against the Kansas City Chiefs, that's how you beat this team. Pat Mahomes is making more mistakes this year than he ever has before. And I think that the Broncos are due... For a big performance on Sunday Night Football, I think they're geeked up. Like you said, that locker room 
room is ready. They're hungry. They want to beat the Chiefs. It's kind of the Broncos Super Bowl this year. I don't know if they're going to necessarily make it to the Super Bowl if they get to the playoffs at all. But, man, beating the Chiefs one time this year is kind of the Broncos Super Bowl, I feel like. And I think they're going to get it done at one point or another, whether it's this Sunday in prime time or whether it's in Denver later in the season. It's a momentum builder. And, look, I think if you can get a win against the Chiefs, it's huge, right? Because, you know, Broncos fans, I, I get that. The, I think the Broncos are really a franchise quarterback away, sir. I, I truly believe that. And, obviously, consistent offensive play calling. That might be something. Maybe head coach, right? I mean, I don't, I don't want to make any decisions right now, but here's the deal. The Broncos have beaten Justin Herbert, okay? They have, in the past, they've beaten Derek Carr as well. If you can get that win that you've been looking for, your first win against Patrick Mahomes, that can do a lot in terms of changing the perspective. Then if you get that franchise quarterback, Broncos fans are going to believe again. And look, Broncos country, like I said, it's it's week to week. Enjoy it. This was a good win. Victory Monday. Enjoy it now. We get Sunday night football this weekend. Can't wait to break down all the primetime action. But we have you covered all week long, not just today. We got you covered tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we have you covered Sunday as well for the postgame report locked on Broncos. Some things you can look forward to this week. We're going to do Broncos mailbags. So send in your questions on Twitter. Look for the tweet at Cody Rourke NFL. I'm going to tag Sarah and Lockdown Broncos in it. And then we're also going to get into the mix here with Crossover Thursday. We're going to get together with the Locked On Chiefs guys to talk about the big matchup. Obviously, some storylines to watch this week. But we have you covered here every single day. The Lockdown Broncos podcast, free and available everywhere. You get your podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button here on YouTube. If you want to watch the show, hit the subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on a day's worth of Devil Broncos news, content, and coverage. But that'll do it for today's episode of the show. I'm Cody York speaking for my co-host, Sarah Benger. We're going to see you tomorrow for a brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.